you're listening to the Scottish Garden podcast. It's episode 8, and we're celebrating the most beautiful place in Britain according to the RHS, Perth, which has been crowned the champion of champions in this year's Britain Bloom competition. We'll hear from Monica Strawn from Beautiful Perth, the organisation behind the Fair City's success. Not only are they making Perth beautiful, but they're transforming it environmentally too, with initiatives to reduce waste and address climate change. Welcome to the Scottish Garden Podcast. is a city located in east central Scotland. It's on the banks of the River Tay and often referred to as the gateway to the Highlands. This year it's also calling itself the Champion of Champions after coming out top in this year's RHS Britain and Bloom Awards. The team of volunteers from the charity Beautiful Perth are the people who've worked so hard to achieve the award and they're also responsible for leading the Zero Waste Perth Partnership Project which is helping to make the city a more sustainable place to live, work and visit. Not only that, but Beautiful Perth is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Shortly after the Champion of Champions trophy was handed over to the group, I spoke to Monica Strawn, who is the treasurer of Beautiful Perth. We discussed the tough RHS judging process, the partnership work involved in keeping the city looking so good horticulturally, and also the new direction the group has taken in recent years to tackle some of the crucial environmental issues we're all facing. So, without further ado, I present a conversation with Monica from Beautiful Perth. First of all, congratulations for Thank you. Thank you. Yes. this amazing award. It was, you were Champion of Champions in the Britain in Bloom competition for 2019. That's right, the Royal Horticulture Society runs Britain in Bloom and... Um, I think looking at their information, there's something like 3,500 groups, bloom groups, um, across the UK, and uh, a few hundred of those enter the competitions and go up, you know, local competitions up to yes. regional and then national and then into the, the finals. And about 80 groups get nominated for the finals, and the very top award of all uh, that you have to be nominated by the RHS to get into is the uh, Champion of Champions and Perth won this year so we're absolutely over the moon absolutely over the moon I bet you are so how did the award come about then is it something you apply for every year Um, the way it happens is that all these local bloom groups across the country in England, Wales Scotland and Northern Ireland go into their own uh, more local uh, competitions Uh, in our case it's the Beautiful Scotland Awards and uh, if you enter those and do well, um, then you're, you can be nominated by your local organisation, in our case again, Beautiful Scotland. They nominate you to go forward to the UK finals. Uh, so that's, that's the process. So you, you, don't, you, you can't enter Britain and Bloom directly. You have to be nominated by doing well in your local one. So we won the Beautiful Scotland uh, category and a gold medal in 2018. So we are one of the, I think it was five Scottish uh, groups that were nominated into the, the finals for 2019. Um, I tell a lie, it's five groups in the finals plus ourselves because we were specially nominated into the uh, uh, the Champion of Champions category there too. So, so there, and, and then next year, um, you don't go back into Britain and Bloom, you go back into your local competition. So we're planning to enter beautiful Scotland again next year and see how we get on. Do you have a good record in these competitions already? Uh, we do. Um, I mean, Beautiful Perth started 30 years ago, um, uh, originally as an anti-litter campaign, 
it was uh, there was a, a, an American film director came over to do some filming in Perth and he was saw so much litter around that he walked away and didn't do any filming. So that and that, that's 1989. So it, at that point the um, the council, the chamber of commerce, local businesses, the tourist board, those kind of groups got together and started um, uh, an anti-litter campaign and the press and advertiser got involved as well and then that very quickly within a year really got got some legs and it uh, began to turn into a voluntary group um, and into Perth in Bloom which is the the campaign that we still run today so it's um, it's changed over the years Um, used to be it started as litter it then turned into very much um, horticulture and displays of annual plants all over the place, hanging baskets, you know, and uh, big displays of annual plants. That's changed quite a lot in the last few years, and uh, this year the um, Royal Horticultural Society actually changed the marking. It used to be 50% horticulture, and then 30% uh, community and 30% environment. And this year they took the uh, horticulture down to 40% and upped the other two. So community and environment have become more important um, uh, so it's uh, it's quite important there too. So we've done well. We did well in all three categories, uh, thankfully. That's interesting, isn't yeah. it? I suppose that reflects the kind of um, the changing tide of opinion on on all these issues and things like that, and the increasing awareness of, of the things that we need to do to kind of improve our communities and our environment. I suppose. A- absolutely. I mean, um, there's a big push on um, uh, pollinator-friendly plants mm. to support bees and lots of other insects as well, which is of course is the, the basis for you know, a whole ecosystem. Um, so we're, we're used, we still use some annual plants and we try to choose varieties that are relatively friendly for insects, not too sterile, um, because the, the annual plants do provide big impact, you know, uh, lots of uh, colour and uh, if you want to do a big patch of colour it's quite good. But we do intersperse them now increasingly. increasingly with pollinator plants and sustainable planting. It's actually cheaper for us as well, of course. They last year on year um, and uh, they create lovely environments. Uh, there's some little, what we call parklets, just outside the concert hall where we're sitting, uh, which have got that kind of mixture in it in the, in the summer months when it's not actually chucking it with rain or <laughs> freezing cold. You'll see people sitting outside. Lovely. Enjoying their luncheon amongst all the planting. Yeah, so that's a lovely idea. So I guess if someone was um, new to the idea of the, you know, or hears the words Britain in bloom, they might just picture kind of hanging baskets and you know very much annual bedding displays. But it's interesting that it is more about. It's about much more than that, isn't it? It's, Absolutely. And you've got all these other ideas. Parklet, that's a lovely. Parklet, yes. It was uh, that was the, the council that uh, introduced. Now we were very very fortunate um, when we we're talking to. Uh, other bloom groups around uh, the country at these kind of events that we go to. Um, some of them get no support whatsoever from the council. Now, I have to say, Perth and Ross Council is, is excellent. Uh, we get a lot of support from the community green space team, um, their West Bank nursery um, grows uh, plants out lots of the big beds and maintains lots of the, the big beds that our, our volunteers couldn't manage. You know, so, so it's very much a partnership with the council and, um, and lots of other organisations. Uh, when I put a, we have to put a portfolio into the judges for Britain and Bloom before they come to visit each year when they're in the competition. And uh, uh, we, uh, I was able to list 57 different groups that we work with, um, 67 if you count the individual departments of the council separately. 
goodness. So we get a lot of help from other other groups and organisations yes. and businesses. That's yeah. interesting. So are there things like corporate volunteers oh. and schools getting involved? That's we do a lot of work with schools. Um, uh, Canoe School on the uh, uh, Bridge End side of the river. Uh, we, have, um, uh, we have a vegetable garden and raised beds up at Perth High School that we help with. Um, and we work with the um, City of Perth Early Childhood Centre, which is in the Fairfield area. So, uh, plus we get involved with other schools for litter picks and all, you know, all that sorts of things as well. So we do a lot. And then we have corporate sponsors who um, give us some money to help us uh, buy all the plants every year and keep, uh, keep our tools and equipment in good shape. Um, and then we've got lots of other charities, community groups, social enterprises that come along, corporate um, groups, like as you see, social responsibility programmes. So we have uh, uh, groups of staff that will you know, come along for a, a morning or afternoon session and help us with a litter pick or a planting session or a tidying session or whatever we're doing there too. So, And the, the great thing is everybody benefits. You know, We, we as volunteers meet people, we get out in the environment, we get some exercise, you know, we have a good laugh. Um, it really is, we learn about learn about things and we learn about um, horticulture. I mean, I'm not a gardener by any stretch of the imagination, but I've learned so much there too. So. And actually when you're working away um, and people walk past and say, oh, you're doing a brilliant job, thank you, or people took their horns and wave at you and thumbs up and things, it's absolutely wonderful. It really gives makes you get a good feeling so everybody wins yeah it's yes. very rewarding and obviously the whole community kind of um, benefits and deserves the award because you know so many people within Perth are involved that's right that's we were very uh, honoured that the, the provost of Perth and Ross Council uh, held a, a civic reception for us um, a couple of weeks after the award ceremony at the end of October so uh, we were able to invite our partners and uh, sponsors, people like that, along with us uh, as well. And, uh, I should give a mention the fact that Perth and Canoss well, as a whole did very well because Bridge Vern was in the Britain Bloom finals for the first time. They too won a gold medal. They won a, an award for involving children and young people and they won their large village category for the UK as well. So back to what I was saying about how well we work with the council and how lucky we are and what, what a difference it makes when you get good support mm. from, from the whole community. Yeah. Are you responsible then for the upkeep of, of larger gardens and larger parks as well? Riverside Park um, it was uh, is our real flagship project. We've got a heather collection over there mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Rodney Gardens, some of the beds in Rodney Gardens uh, we maintain and the council does other ones in there too. So that the Riverside Park's a, the, quite a big area and I'm very delighted to say that we won the... Uh, Parks and Green Spaces Award at the Britain Bloom as well, and that's the second year running, and I think that's unique. I don't think they've ever given the same award twice, one year after the other. But then when it was announced at the award ceremony, they said that it was going to Riverside Park in Perth for the, for the second year running because it was unbeatable. Brilliant. So it's excellent. So I recommend anybody who comes to Perth, you know, if you're in the High Street area, cross the river by one of the bridges and walk along. To another bridge, and you'll be walking through Riverside Park, uh, and it's really, really lovely area. So it's nice, isn't it, that it's, um, there are obviously around Perth and Perthshire some really beautiful gardens and estates and things like that. But really, if you're in Perth, you don't have to go far to actually find a really beautiful space. Absolutely. In fact, um, there's a circular walk you can do that takes in 
Perth's um, Public Art Trail. I think there's mm. 25 sculptures on the Public Art Trail, and it starts uh, on Tay Street. So you walk along Tay Street, go over, so you go over Perth Bridge, through Riverside Park, and go all the way along, come back over the, the walkway on the railway bridge, and you'll not only see all the sculptures and see what they are, um, but you'll see Riverside Park and the Heather Collection and Rodney Gardens as well. So, and uh, it's it's a a stroll. You could you, you could do it in twenty minutes. You can do it in two hours. You know, whatever you whatever kind of time you had, well worth doing. Oh, yeah. I'll have to do that. I have heard of that actually, and, and to my shame, I haven't done it yet. So I will. I'll, I resolve to go and do that. Maybe. Yes. Over That's the Christmas right. holidays on a nice crisp afternoon or something. That I think we'll good. hold you to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you're obviously then um, ecology and environment is a, is a big part of it now, and, and zero waste Perth is that something that's attached now to beautiful Perth as well? That's right. Um, there's a, a big push you know, for all sorts of reasons um, uh, about waste in general, plastic waste in particular. Uh, and the idea of more sustainable choices, more sustainable living, and um, trying to tackle um, pollution and, of course, climate change. Um, so the, the zero waste um, is a, a national uh, drive. There's been other projects uh, run by uh, Zero Waste Scotland as well, and we we won uh, uh, £300,000 over a three-year period uh, for a consortium that uh, involves ourselves as a local charity, uh, the council. Uh, and uh, Perth College uh, Ecotech uh, Department. So it's a unique consortium of three organisations and it really is all about promoting more sustainable behaviours. That's the aim of it. So we've done lots of things. Um, We've um, created a a zero-waste space where upcycling workshops can take place and that's within the bike station on the old high street in Perth and that's been very popular. Woodworking and sewing classes that that are run there you know, are booked up almost before the, the Facebook post is out. You know, it's that that sort of level. Um, so it's it's about working to increase recycling, to reduce the use of resources in the first place, um, uh, and to really to engage people in what they can, what kind of choices they can make. Quite a big push with business as well, because mm. businesses can save a lot of waste and save a lot of money you know it's it's good for business so and they can make a big yeah. contribution to something like that they can make a big contribution yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah i mean i was uh, i was in uh, the town yesterday and i had uh, uh, two plastic bottles uh, so i took them into boots the chemist and uh, they have a recycling machine oh. uh, you'll see this you know the scottish government has introduced a, um, a deposit return scheme they call it and boots has got an experimental machine in there so you just put in your cans or glass or plastic and it gives you um, a little token out and you'll get boots points on your boots card uh, when when it goes around all the other businesses you'll get i think it's 20 pence you'll get back i can remember i'm old enough to remember <laughs> when you used to take your lemonade bottles back yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get a you know yeah. get your thruppence or whatever it was you used to get in those days uh, and it's really going back to that kind of behavior so um, right. it drinks drinks uh, containers uh, you know, be they in, uh, in tins or plastic bottles or cans uh, or glass you know, can be put back and then recycled and reused so it's a, it's a good thing so, so zero waste it's um, in, in its third year now it's, we're scarily 
time has passed so quickly. But we've done, made a lot of progress, I think, in, in Perth, and it, it's reflecting what's happening on a much wider scale. With, Definitely. Uh, the, and the young people in particular are very keen. Do you get a lot of support for it? Are people buying into the idea? They, they do seem to be. So we've got some very keen uh, uh, experts who come along and you know, can show people how to do bike repairs or woodworking sewing skills or clothing repair skills upcycling furniture um, uh, all these all these sorts of things ways you wouldn't even probably even think that oh yeah that is zero you know that's about reusing and recycling and uh zero waste and the press has got a good um, one of the highest in Scotland recycling uh, records you know the Diverting materials from landfill, which is really what this is all about. Um, so it's about what's described as a circular economy. You know, and the, uh, all the ways of describing that is really about um, when it, when an item is produced, it gets well used, repaired until it's no longer in. It goes back into the system. Yeah. So you know, maybe component parts go back into the system, yeah. but there's um, reducing. You know, less and less is coming out as a waste product at the end. And that's going to be good. Yes. So coming back to beautiful Perth again, it's 30 years since it was up and running. So I guess, uh, and comparing the idea of zero waste and how that's a, quite a new project, I guess things have come a long way since you started. Yes. Uh, I mean, I I got involved when I retired in 2011. Um, and even in that relatively short time, you know, yeah. you can see the more and more progress towards environmental uh, emphasis on everything as well yeah, and it's, it's yeah. so good I used to work for environmental um, aid, government agencies so it's close to my heart uh, that that theme and there's so much we can do some people think get a little bit daunted and say you know, you know one person doing something is making no difference but when a whole country does something that does make a difference yeah. Scotland's a small country but the UK and beyond and it really does add up you know. yeah, I think sure. David Attenborough should be deified actually <laughs> oh, indeed, yeah, because indeed. I, I remember talking about recycling and waste mm. way back in the 90s mm. uh, and it was and biodiversity as well in yeah. the 80s and 90s feels and, like only now we're yeah. sort of starting to take it really seriously yeah. doesn't it yeah, yeah. I remember old, older colleagues at that time telling me that it'll, it'll take 10-15 years for these things to become part of the consciousness and it, it really did you know we're now you know, nearly 20 years on and it really is embedded in the, yep. in the, the culture now and that's, we have to keep pushing that because climate change isn't going to go away you know? Can you think of any particular highlights or conversely any challenges that Beautiful Perth face, has faced or is facing? Of course the highlight has been winning Champion of Champions <laughs> <laughs> Of course, of course um, I, I, th- I think it's one of the most satisfying things that nothing ever stays the same you know mm. we've and in fact, we wouldn't have won Champion of Champions if we had stayed the same, mm-hmm. to put it that way. But every every year, you know, we sit down as a committee of uh, trustees uh, and we, we look at what we're doing and say, well, actually, you know, that, I think that's past its sell-by date. Let's try something else at that site. So it's it's always moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think the Heather collection, that's, we got involved with that just after I joined um, Beautiful Perth. The, that part of Riverside Park... Um, just next to the Rodney Gardens um, at that point about 2011, 2012 was a little bit neglected overgrown, not very interesting exciting um, so we as beautiful Perth said to the council you know, if we, you, 
if we work together on this one, we could adopt this and take it on. And we and that's what we did. So from 2012, we adopted that um, that whole area, and there's now something like 16, 17,000 individual heather plants in the year, 15 heather beds, 400, 500 different varieties of heather within that, including we think we might have found a new one in there just recently. So we don't, don't know anything about it yet, but um, one of our... Uh, uh, Heather experts was getting quite excited about that. So we do all of that. We do all the maintenance. We've done all the planting, uh, and it's it's a real social. So we we meet every Tuesday morning, plus at other times as well. But our regular Tuesday morning slot is usually at the Heather Garden. Sometimes other places, um, but the Heather Garden. Just seeing that from the way it started to the way it is now, um, and autumn and winter colour there is if anything, even more spectacular than it is in the spring and summer. So it's well worth a look. There's a few videos uh, by volunteers talking, and a video that we showed the judges uh, when they came and all these sorts of things. So people can see what we do from the website. I did notice that. I looked at the video, actually, of the judging, and I thought, it must have been quite a, um, a rigorous process. Oh, it's, it's certainly... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the old of the swan you know yeah. we, we, we were gliding along with the yeah. judges you know and you couldn't see the feet paddling furiously underneath <laughs> it, months of preparation you know yeah. we had to get everything looking absolutely tip top so we uh, you know we work hard every year but I think you know we, we really excelled ourselves we put in extra hours um, uh, you're asking about challenges one of the challenges um, was uh, when the judges were arriving they started at 8.30 in the morning we met them at Two High Street to give them a little showing of the video, get to meet people there. We took them on a tour of the city. Um, but when we were arriving uh, at the High Street, it was before the bins, bin bags had been collected and the gulls had been in the bin bags. Oh, no. So we had we had a squad of people from the council, thank, thank you for, for that, um, out literally just ahead of the judging. So the, what the judges saw was perfection. You know, that's what I mean. The swan was gliding. <laughs> Gracefully along, and everyone else is tearing out <laughs> yeah. their hair. Oh my because you know, you, you can all we always have to be prepared to deal with something, you know, unexpected. And, uh, yes, and, yeah. and look yeah. calm and collected, and, uh, and thinking, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and so, have you begun? You said you're going to go back into the process of for beautiful Scotland. Beautiful Scotland that's Does that right, mean yeah. you're starting? I'm, I'm guessing you're probably starting preparations now and plans for what we you're going to do. We're we're um, we're looking at the moment about a couple of sites where we want to plant some more bulbs. Um, we're planning what our projects are going to be, how we're going to adapt, what we've done in the past, what ones we're just maintaining, where we're going to do some new work. Um, and so, so it really does start now. You know, we have a little break. There's less to do in the horticultural side, obviously, at this time of year. Um, a lot of sweeping up, gathering up of leaves, taking them to make compost. Um, but uh, we'll have a December's usually a relatively quiet um, month. Some bulb planting, possibly November, December. Uh, and then uh, January, again, it's usually the coldest of the months as well. But then we we start getting back into all all of the year. So we we really are. You know, we do work all year round on different yeah. things in different yeah. different areas. Yeah. And litter is always a problem. So what do you think um, the beautiful Perth scheme means to Perth? Well, I think if I can turn out and say, can you imagine what Perth would be like without? the gardens and the displays and the parks uh, you know, Perth and Ross as a whole uh, actually has um, something like 48, 49 bloom groups 
from tiny villages and hamlets up to the you know, city itself. Um, so there's a lot of us bloomers around <laughs> around this area. Can you imagine Perth and Kinross and how it depends on tourism and visiting and, and people that want to living in a nice environment? You know? So, I mean, the, the mission of all us as bloom groups really is to make our local environments like our places that we're so proud of great places to live, work and visit that's, that's what we, our, our, our strap line is you know. yeah. um, and if, if you can imagine without that it would not be such a nice place so, no. and the feedback we get from people whatever we're doing, you know, litter picking or planting, whatever, you know, people are so grateful mm-hmm. people that haven't got time you yeah. know, to do anything themselves just really appreciate that and I think um, certainly the uh, we hope that the champion of champions uh, will be uh, quite prominent <laughs> around the city, and that should bring some visitors in. So it's good for the economy yes. as well as the community. You know, really contribute is. in ways you wouldn't even think of, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it sounds like the, the the project, the scheme is is doing it's, it's ticking so many boxes, and um, it's making Perth a really lovely place to be, whether it's champion of champions or not. So, well, very well done. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> have it Monica Strawn from Beautiful Perth the group which has literally made Perth beautiful and they've got the awards to prove it now thanks so much to Monica for taking the time to have a chat with me and I want to pass on my congratulations to the whole team for such brilliant achievements as Monica mentioned during our conversation we did meet at Perth Concert Hall and it was really interesting to walk out of there afterwards and immediately see the little parklets she was talking about in the conversation. A little collection of benches and colourful planters which provide a place to stop and rest and enjoy some greenery right there in the middle of Perth in the middle of a busy shopping area. If you want to see some of the work that Beautiful Perth do and you're not in the immediate area, I definitely recommend you take a look at their website, which lists all their activities and projects. And it has some really good videos too, including their presentation for the RHS for Britain in Bloom. And there's also a video which records their experience of the judging process. You can also find out all the ways to get involved with Beautiful Perth, if that's something which might be of interest to you. I'll put a variety of links in the show notes as usual, along with contact details for the podcast. If you want to get in touch, please do. Let me know if there's someone you think the Scottish Garden Podcast should feature in 2020. For indeed, this is the last Scottish Garden Podcast for 2019. And what a great first year it's been. Since the show launched in March, I've really loved having conversations with folks from across Scotland about their gardens and growing. I hope next year we'll invite even more people onto the podcast and maybe even go a little further afield. There are some amazing gardens and growers right across Scotland and I'm aware we've only just scratched the very surface during the past eight episodes of this podcast. So until we meet again for some more Scottish garden chat, be happy and well in your garden. Goodbye.